With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Drivers! Start your engines! Hit the pace car! What for? Because you hit every other damn thing out there, I want you to be perfect! When I'm driving, I got a guy on the radio who talks to me. It's him. He talks to me. Hey, race fans. Welcome to the Hoobazoo Radio Network, and welcome to the Drafting the Circuits program. My name is Frank Santoroski. I'll be your host for the next hour as we talk about this past weekend in racing and preview next week. Joining me in the studio, I have Richard Uden and Louise Torres. Guys, how we doing? Good. Thanks. Yourself? Wonderful. It's been going quite decent. Looking forward for this weekend. Yeah, this weekend's going to be a good one. Yeah, I know you're uh, packing your bags to head to Long Beach for the IndyCar season finale. In the meantime, yeah. we had the penultimate race. Uh, held at Laguna Seca. Uh, it was once again, Colton Herta, who won there last year, uh, put on a rather dominant performance this year. He was, uh, you know, started from the front was largely unchallenged most of the day, other than from his own teammate on lap two, uh, Alexander Rossi trying to, uh, uh, display once again, how at times he is his own worst enemy. You know, this is, Rossi coming off of a podium at Portland comes in here with a great uh, qualifying effort um, at Laguna Seca and literally throws it away in the opening laps uh, where he really could have had a shot at, at a win and, and pro Rossi hadn't had a win in a couple of years. And it just, things just go from bad to worse for Rossi. So uh, uh, before we get to talk about all the other details of the race here, uh, Louise, what were your thoughts on the opening laps there and, 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 and Rossi taking himself out and nearly taking her to out. Yeah. It seems like nothing can go right. Seems like something, oh, it's good. Everything's going to be great for Rossi. He might be a contender for Laguna sake. Uh, maybe this could be the, the season ending that he's been looking for. He's just got his first podium. And then on lap two, he lost control and put him out of contention for, for the win. He ended up, I think if memory serves correctly, second to last car running or the last car running afterwards. It's like nothing can go right. Now he has been since Road America 2019 that he won. And it's just been a difficult season for him that he only got one more race. Difficult difficult couple of seasons for him. I mean, I I know I, you know, I know he uh, had had a little bit of a renaissance last year towards the end of the season and and, and got a podium, but uh, it's been a pretty long time. Yeah. Could have been a contract for St. Pete, but crashed. Yeah, I mean, and, and here's a guy who's been touted as a, you know, championship contender coming into the season for the last, well, you know, since really since 2017, and he's just never been able to capitalize on that. He's, uh, you know, he, he, you know, he, he lost once, uh, was it Dixon? Yep, right after the contact with Marco Andretti Sonoma, the, that NBC missed because they jumped in too late because of the race, the cup race in Vegas lasted too long. And we're under red at that. So yeah. So, I mean, Rossi really needs to find something, <laughs> find something to uh, change his fortunes, you know, and it just, but again, this, this one is all on him a hundred percent on him being too aggressive, too early in the race. Um, and I understand there's an urgency on his part to win, but you, you don't win the race on lap two. No, you no, you don't. You got to play it methodically. Somebody that actually did, we'll discuss about later. Played it methodically, just a little too little, too late, and a little bit of an episode that that particular driver happened. We'll discuss about that guy later. But for Rossi, just one more race. It could have come in an absolute perfect time. There's one race he's glad it's on the calendar. 
that was in the year before is definitely the finale of Long Beach, which he's won the last two races. Sure, yeah. Yeah, Long Beach is uh, definitely, he's got that circle on his, on his calendar. And we'll talk more in depth about Long Beach a little later in the show. But uh, anyway, so rounding out the podium at uh, Sonoma, we had Alex Palou. Uh, who Sonoma? Finished. You mean Laguna? Laguna. Laguna, Sega. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> so, yeah, Alex Pillow, uh finished second, which uh, really good points day for him. Joseph Newgarden struggled, started 17th. I believe he finished seventh, but he pretty much put himself out of points contention. Um, Pato yeah. Award had a reasonably okay day, but he's still going into the finale some 35 points shy yeah. of uh, – Palou's lead and he then lost 10 points. Yep. He entered he entered Laguna 25 behind. Now he's 35 behind. Like Pato had a good result, but it was not one he needed in the championship trail because Alex still beat him and gained points. Yeah, he, he really needed to finish ahead of Alex, but he's still mathematically live going into the finale. And then third on the podium was Roman Grosjean, right? Yep. Uh, Grosjean, guy, Grosjean. That guy I was telling you about. Exactly. Yeah. He started rather deep in the field, but uh, it turns out this race course is really to his liking, yeah, much like the uh, the road course at Indianapolis where he scored, you know, two podiums earlier in the year at, at two different places. But uh, he really enjoyed himself here, and he was uh, really he was he was aggressive. Um, he was fun to watch. You know, he, he almost got in a little trouble. You know, he, he almost pulled his nardy move in the corkscrew. Uh, but uh, that dude got out of the car and he was all smiles. And the uh, the fans were all cheering for him. They, they I mean, just really kind of a feel good story all around for Grosjean. Um, you know, and again, this guy just continues to take to IndyCar racing like a duck to water. You know, he's, you know, he's been, he's been up and down a bit, but uh, when he finds the courses that really kind of suit him, he's just, you know, he's, he's fun to watch. You know, I was, you know, this guy's hungry for a win. I know he's ready for an IndyCar win. I was kind of looking up uh, to see when the last time Grosjean actually won a race. And it's, it's been more than a decade. I think it was twenty. 10 or maybe 2011 G, gp2 wasn't G, G, when he G, won that world yeah. championship that year yeah gp2 uh and he's running gp2 asia and then i think yeah, he won yeah, a, yeah. yeah so it's it's been it's been a minute since he's uh been able to capture a race win and that's i can see how hungry he is i see how much he enjoys the series uh, the guy is really fun to watch and every weekend seemingly his fan base in america grows so oh, for sure. It yeah, so shows. Louis, yeah, Luis, you want to talk about Grosjean a little bit, so I'm, I'm going to turn it over to you. Yeah, as you mentioned how Rossi kind of bended in a point to where he couldn't compete for the win. Grosjean took his time. Like, he started 13th, didn't make it to the fast six, and he struggled to qualifying quite a bit. But as the race went down, aside from her, he was, when it comes to green flag pistols, Grosjean was up in front, and and then I think staying out of front for a little bit kind of helped to put him in a good track position because he has the car. He knows how to get around Laguna real quick compared to compared to others. And as the laps winding down, he was sending laps nearly two seconds or more to two seconds quicker than Herta. And he was eating up that gap because he had he stayed out. He pit him much later and he had much more fresher tires that he was able to do that. Then with seven laps to go. As before we set up the seven laps to go ordeal with the corkscrew, he or he passed Graham Ray Hall. He passed Pato War on the outside at different corners with, with relative ease. He set himself up for it. And then when it came to the corkscrew, trying to get by Pelot's teammate, Jimmy Johnson, who had his best career finish the 17th this past Sunday, tried to get by because he knew that he could catch Pelot and maybe a good chance he might catch Herda. I'm not sure he would catch her up, but he probably would have catched below. But as soon as he went to the course group, they, he tangled with Johnson, lifted up the car, was able to get by, but it kind of cost him a few seconds, cost him a, a finishing second because of the bad, because of the vibration due to the contact. But when he got out of the car, it kind of embraced the moment and kind of to the point that he kind of shed a tear or two. He mentioned in the post-race conference that he's really embracing this role big time. And 
going into the finale, he's just 18 points behind Scott McLaughlin for Rookie of the Year honors, which I think he can get it done. It will take a podium and, a, and an underwhelming race for McLaughlin to get it done. I see. Well, McLaughlin's McGlo- had plenty of underwhelming races this season. Yeah. Throwing that out there. It's yeah. True. But I mean, no, it's true. The thing, the thing, the thing that's really hurting uh, Grosjean in the, the, the rookie battle is the fact that, you know, he, he didn't run the, he three didn't, do the 500. didn't do the 500, which was double points. And then he didn't do the two races in Texas, you know, I mean, if he'd yeah. pretty much start and park those races, he probably would have been leading the rookie of the season. Yeah, would have been yeah. Oh, yeah sure. Yeah, yeah. It I mean, it's all, it, it is. I mean, it's no disrespect to, to McLaughlin, but you look at it, you know, you're in a Penske car with all the backing of Penske. And again, no disrespect to, to Dale Coyne and Rick Webb, but they don't have the resources that you know, Penske do. And yeah, I know Grosjean's a you know, very experienced driver in the single seater, but to all intents and purposes, it should be a pretty much of a non-contest. And I don't know what, you know, and it's probably not the topic of the conversation right now, but I've been a little bit disappointed with McLaughlin this year. You know, he started off well, didn't he? He had some good runs earlier in the season, but as it's gone on, it's been a bit... Uh, he's got I lost best, during the race I, weekends. Yeah, I think he's, he's, would benefit scaling back a car to boost McLaughlin a bit. Well, that's their plan. That's their plan. Yeah, yeah that's going to send Simon packing. Uh, but yeah, I, I've been quite disappointed in McLaughlin. I expected a whole lot more. Like uh, again, like you said, he had a uh, was it was a Texas. He got Texas, a wasn't it? Yeah, yeah Texas. That was, he was competitive. That was, that was early, early in the season, and and he just he just kind of been there. He hasn't been horrible. You know, he hasn't been to to where we're putting him in the same class as a Dalton Kellett or a Jimmy Johnson. But he hasn't no. been. He hasn't set the world on fire at all. But you could say you could argue you could say that about the whole Pentagon organization up to the, their levels of expectation. You know, Joseph's still sort of, I think, technically got a chance of the championship, yeah. hasn't he? But in reality, it's not. But you know, it, for 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 Penske to turn around and say they're going to the final race of the season with four good, you know, high level drivers, none of them having a championship, a shot at the championship, must be a I would say more than disappointing season. A you know when was the last time Penske went into the final race of the season without a chance of winning the championship? Well, yeah. you know. well I, technically they have a chance this year, but you know a realistic chance, should we say? Oh yeah, it's yeah, it's not realistic. You have to go back to twelve third, maybe twenty twelve. Yeah, exactly. No, you know, this is twenty thirteen when Hunter when Hunter Ray was champion around at that time, and Dixon in thirteen. Because most of those years when, like, Dario was winning the championship, Will Power was always there or thereabouts and would screw yeah. up in the last race or something like that, you know, to, to sort of deny him the championship. But um, it's been a really poor season, I think, from, you know, for, for, for Penske. Been and a also, seasons as yeah. well, when you consider it all around. We talked about it last year with the 500. They were nowhere near the front, the fast nine. No. And neither were this year, to my knowledge. But, you know, you look at also outside of, you know, Herter's, you know, odd, odd, you know, win, you know, Pen- you know Andretti cars have been and pretty poor as well. So, it's, you know, there's been a lot of these smaller teams, you know, look with BK winning and, you know, some of these other guys coming through, you know, getting race wins and Grosjean being competitive. You know, the, the, these two smaller teams have really taken it to the big guys this year and, and sort of, put them in their place a little bit. I think it's been great to see. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, you're talking about a straight up changing of the guard season because you, you're talking yeah. our championship rivals are 22 years old, 24 years old. Yeah, McLaren and, are coming up. and McLaren yeah. and McLaren is yeah. coming up. Uh, yeah, you know, you Carbon has won a race. Actually, if you look at the wins this year, you know, there's there's nobody that's really dominated. No, nobody has more than no. three, three dominant, wins. The dominant car would usually lead, the one leads the most laps usually don't win. Yeah, uh, yeah. Especially at the first half of the season, it was just if you were leading in that late in the race, you're in trouble. But it was interesting, you know. Again, we're sort of getting you know away from you know the, the summary of, of this weekend's race. Sorry, but but Frank, it was interesting. I saw you you'd commented on on on, on some of the uh, Facebook posts from some of the IndyCar groups, and you know somebody'd made the point, which I've sort of tried to make a little bit, and you know during the season on on Colton Herter, you know if. If the championship had been decided in qualifying, he would have wrapped it up, you know, quite comfortably by now. And I know the championship isn't decided on Saturday, but 
it's been quite telling that, you know, this guy is unbelievably fast, but, you know, he doesn't have enough weekends like he did at um, Laguna Seca, you know, he was dominant there. I mean, I know that, you know, it was what two or three seconds at the end of the race and Palau certainly wasn't going to throw one up the inside there, but you know, that was a smart, mature drive. But for me, they've been too few and far between this season and, you know, yeah, he's what, 21 now, 22, but it's still, he's been doing this sport for three or four years now. He's got to start, you know, executing the race weekends. And if he does, geez, that kid is going to dominate this series. Yeah, imagine if yeah, Nashville yeah. would have gone different. Yeah, Nashville. Yeah, he, any he had, of them. He had yeah. Nashville in, in his back pocket and, and pissed it away. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, yeah, he pulled his own, own center on his there, didn't they? Yeah, there, there was no, he, he didn't need to push it that hard at all. You know, he had Erickson behind him with a bit of a wounded car. So, and I don't think yeah. anyway, Erickson would have made the pass to begin with. So, no, he, he she should have just been t- taking an easy run, a reasonable lap time to run it to the end. But, but basically, you know. do what Pato did to New Garden in Detroit, play it yeah, out. If he has, uh, just don't make contact, yeah. that's all. Not even Pato. I mean, go if he had, you know, if, if her had um, Dixon's racecraft and maturity, God, it'd be a scary combination, wouldn't it? Well, see, funny, funny that you mentioned that, you know, because even if you compare Palou to Award, right? Award does not have the racecraft that Palou does. Yeah, I you think know, I mean, yeah, not Palou, quite Palou yet. has won three races this year, but he's consistently been been near the top of the running order. He's got very few. Finishes outside the top ten. Yeah, but when, 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 you, when you consider Gateway, that's it. Yeah, but really? when, yeah. When, when you consider who he's got to lean on for advice, he's got you know Scott, six time Dixon, Dario. Yeah, or Dario's in the stable Dario, still. Yeah. You know, four yeah, time Frank Dario. and then yeah. and then he's got you know Jimmy, seven time Johnson. You who, also got Scott who, Pruitt also involved in the yeah yeah. yeah. I mean, and, so and and who's Colton Herta got? He's got his dad, right? Who we never listen to, because <laughs> you know what everybody knows what a twenty-one-year-old's relationship is with their dad. You know, oh, you don't uh, know that's, what you're talking yeah, about. That's, that's yeah. Difference difference between Shut Colton up, and Marco <laughs> is that Colton has won multiple races in, in in succession compared to Marco every five years and then stops. Yeah, yeah. Well. Let's uh, let's leave Marco alone. Yeah, he, I know. He uh, he, <laughs> he he exited quietly. Uh, but at, yeah, least he, I mean, at least he's won a race recently in SRX, so he's got something to celebrate about so there's that but, but i wonder i see i wonder if andretti team would benefit from having a driver's coach you know like penske's got rick mears right you know and of course ganassi has uh, dario um there's a couple other guys that, that work with other teams i think buddy rice works with dry reinbold you know once a year in indianapolis but yeah. andretti really doesn't have the driver's coach i mean you've got well sure, sure you've got brian Herter and, and michael there and yeah, I mean, Mar- and Mario's ever present there. Mario sure always he sticks there. his head in the shop door every now and again, doesn't he? Sure he does. Yeah, I mean, Mario's always there. He's in all the team meetings and whatnot. But but none of those people are charged with the the strict role of just being the driver coach, which is what you know Rick Mears does, which is what Dario does. I don't know if that would help Andretti or not, but but it's certainly a component that seems to have helped guys like Alex Palou. You know, so there you go. That's my two cents. Yeah. No, you have a valid point, and I just saw recently had Newgarden didn't have that problem at Road America. He that title would be much much closer. Or if Polo won the five hundred, we would not even be talking about the championship right now. But that that's just what if scenario more than anything else. Certainly, yeah. But I mean, Polo has a really easy path to winning the title. I think he needs to finish eleventh, right? Yeah, no matter what Pato does, 11th or better. Even if Pato scores max points, wins the pole, leading the middle left, do everything that he needs to do, Pelot has to finish 11th or better. So, so yeah, and, and Pelot finishing 11th is, if you look at his record this year, like I say, he's rarely been out of the top 10. So he's got a pretty easy path. He just needs to make sure that he's careful because Long Beach can be unforgiving, you know, those tight straightaways and, and tight corners and, and the walls right there are very unforgiving. You know, Long Beach has given the, um, uh, over the years, we've seen some of the finest drives in the world at Long Beach, but we've also seen some of the costliest mistakes also at Long Beach. 
Uh, so Palou just yes. needs to just go in, play it smart, you know, play it Dixon-esque, if you will. <laughs> and, yeah, business uh, as usual mentality. Business as usual. Now, now Pato needs to win. Pato needs to win. Um, New Garden needs uh, Pato and Pelo uh, to um, have an accident. Lap, have an accident. Lap one, turn one. No, he needs to have, a, have, have them have an accident in their rental car on the way to the track. And never start. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, or just get collecting in another lap one turn one madness, which also has been the theme of this season. I think more than half of the race oh, yeah, has had yeah. lap one turn one shenanigans, which and it then, did happen hmm. two years. It has happened a couple times. It's, as happened, a, it's happened a lot of times at Long Beach. Yeah, the first time they get to the hairpin, we see a little trouble. But yeah. Like, then, then anyway, it's, you could also make a case that you know. Palou has never driven at Long Beach, right? So that could be seen as a different advantage, a disadvantage rather. But Palou never drove at Barber or Portland either, and he won both of those. But Barber and Portland are a little more what Palou is used to seeing in the National Train Road courses. So, you know, it's it's not it's it's not a given for palu at this moment but uh he certainly no. has an easier path than than pato uh pato you know he's uh he he's got he's got to tone it down and drive smart you know pato as as fast as he is he's also occasionally reckless burns up his tires uh those sort of things so it'll be it'll be interesting to watch how it plays out but i mean the smart money is on palu winning this thing no for sure and if should Pato win, you have to go back to 2002 to find the last IndyCar team to win the championship. That was at Penske or Ganassi. And if you want to include Newman Haas, then you have to go back to 03 and card with Foresight. So it's been a long time we see somebody different win the championship, but it's going to take a lot of effort, a lot of work, and some issues to happen to Pelot for that to for that to happen. And we've seen stuff happen to Fanatic, like Dixon running out of fuel at Chicagoland. Montoya get essentially turned by his teammate and lost in the tiebreaker after leading the whole trail from start to finish until the Sonoma finale 15. We've seen stuff happen to where everything is is at the palm of the driver's hands and then just lose it at the end for weird circumstances. So there's no guarantees, but it's going to take a like, it's going to take a lot for Pato. I think if he wins the race, I think that's probably the best the best thing he could do. And that's everything he can But do. you got to be Rossi as long as luck is the luck that he's had the past two years doesn't come to the equation because I still think you got to get through Rossi first. But that that we're talking about 2019 till now. A lot has changed since 2019. And also we're talking about conditions being a little bit different because we're talking about spring, April. We're talking about deep September to kickstart of fall rather than mid-spring. And the temperatures are still going to be in the high 70s. So there's no good, there's not going to be wild weather. It's going to be clear skies. But I would imagine the conditions would be a little bit different. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. Well, I don't know. I'm not a California guy, but I know that they, they have less temperature change than we do, uh, you know, farther north. But uh, yeah, suffice to say, yeah, it's September is going to be different than running in the spring. Uh, but even if Pato doesn't win this one, I think that uh, both Pato and Aaron McLaren have an IndyCar championship in their future very soon. No, for uh, sure. I With mean, McLaren's they, large involvement next season and beyond. Has yeah, also and, and Arrow's re, re-upped with their money. Uh, but, uh, I mean, they, when they took over Schmidt-Peterson, they took over a pretty good team. Yeah. They didn't grab the bottom feeder team. They, you know, they were a good Mid-pack team, good for a win here and there every now and again. Uh, so, you know, the pieces were in place to just build, put a little more, uh, you know, structure in there, a little more resources. And and I think they're going to be, you know, they're, they're going to, I think right now they're, they're leapfrogged over Andretti. They're, they're really doing a little better than Penske right now as well. So uh, you, you've got to consider there's no more big three. It's either a big four or if it's a big three, maybe Andretti's dropped off at a big three. 
Oh yeah, I think we're we're expanding more to like more parity. We've seen the parity, but we're going to see more in the championship battle rather than just one or two races. And either way, you, you can't look down. It has been a disappointing season. Of course, the stand expectations have grown exponentially. But either way, I viewed it from a Hispanic point of view. This is a big deal because we have not seen a Hispanic win the Spanish speaking driver win a championship in American open wheel racing to my knowledge. We've never seen that before. We've seen drivers from Brazil one type of never somebody that's primarily spoken Spanish. So it'd be neat to see somebody from Spain or Mexico get it done. So that would be the national neat... language of Colombia. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to say yeah, you, Montoya. I, it all goes back to Montoya. I should know this, but we're talking about, <laughs> Yeah. I'm, not, I'm just giving you. I'm yeah, his, his his. Well, Colombia could be considered Hispanic too, so you have a valid point. So, yeah, since I don't, I don't know if they genuinely, I don't know if they speak Portuguese or not, or you know, I don't, I don't think Colombia speaks. No, 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 no. Colombia speaks uh, Spanish. Yeah. No, but I thought Padma Ward was Irish. <laughs> but um. <laughs> Well, yeah, Formula Two classified Pato as U.S. driver rather than Mexico one day because what yeah, I well, actually Pato has dual citizenship. Yeah, he, because, he's classified as a Mexican American. He's born in Monterey, Mexico. He he Texan he, as well. Yeah, he and yeah, but he's he pretty much grew up in Texas. But he he uh, I mean he when when he he identifies himself as a driver from Mexico. And and he's quite proud of that. He's very very proud of the fact that he's from Mexico. But he actually has holds dual citizenship. Yeah, and the Pato's team, and as far as the media side of things, have done a fantastic job to distribute the international the races down in Mexico for those to watch as well. Which I think they've expanded as well going into twenty twenty two because they were kind of like have Pato TV or whatever is however it's called. They were. Yeah, Pato, Pato the TV, they call it. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Yeah, they're kind of testing the waters of streaming distribution on an international level. So it's good to see them expand because I think it's key to expand the international audience. After a couple of years ago, they kind of hosed them. The sanctioning yes, body kind of hosed yes, them. Yes, time. they did. Yeah, I know there were a lot of uh, Canadians that were upset with uh, the coverage they had available. And I think that... Uh, uh, in, in South America as well, and 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 then I think they put it on in Europe. They put it on Sky Sports, but it was yep. a paid subscription to get it. So that's uh, how people you know. found out about Will Powers' comments in Bell Isle. That was the first somebody on Twitter posted it from Europe. That's how we were able to hear his remarks. Yeah, so, so they, they they get something we don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, so speaking of since we're talking about the. Uh, the television deals and whatnot. So IndyCar has announced their 2022 schedule. Yep. Um, along with the, what races will be on what network. And it, it turned out that it's actually a tiny bit better than originally planned. And there were supposed to be two races that were only on Peacock, but there's only one. And that's the lone is, international is, race. Well, Toronto. Yep. Um, but most of the races are on NBC. There's two races on the USA and the USA is it's in a lot of households. It's, it's really, uh, you know, it's on most basic cable tier packages. Yeah. It's been a while since USA has hosted the race. not counting 2016. You had to go back to the 1980s to find a race on USA network when they used to have a sports division as far as before, like before Fox sports, it used to be USA sports, but that's a whole different animal. But no, 14 races on the big boy network. The question, uh, the only is a big deal. You have all essentially the big races all at NBC qualifying for the 500 will be on NBC as well. So this is a huge step in the right direction to have essentially the whole, almost a whole year on the national network to boost sure. the audience and, and, and then build the got, momentum. Right. And you've got every practice and qualifying session on Peacock. And, yep, and, and Peacock, it's you know six bucks a month, 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. And you get, you get all that, plus, you know, thousands of hours of other programming. I mean, I, yeah. I watched, you know, I watched all 46 seasons of Saturday Night Live. Rewatched them all on Peacock, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, there's a lot of other good stuff on there as well. So, stuff for your whole family. So, I don't, and, and I just don't get the people that are up, upset about a race being only on Peacock because I refuse to pay for a streaming service. I'm like, you know, dude, join the 21st century. Come, come with yeah. us. And there, there are more and more sports that are going to exclusively streaming because the, Never exactly. They, they want it. They want to push that. They want to push subscriptions for their uh, streaming thing. So this is kind of you know it's kind of a you know you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. We'll, we'll get you all these network races, but give us one that's only on Peacock, uh, so we can uh, you know maybe push our subscriptions to Peacock because that's the wave of the future, streaming television. Uh, despite what any of these old boomers will tell you. Oh, it's, that, it's, that everything should be free, and I'm like, just stop. The you biggest know? challenge I think they've got is how to consolidate them all into one. Because we've got that, you know, we've got streaming services at home, and you've got like you've got you know Netflix, you've got Amazon Prime, you've got HBO, you've got Peacock, you've got all these things. They're all in their own app, you know. And to go, you know, it's just it's very like clunky and disjointed. And if somebody could sort of work out a way to sort of draw them all together into into a method of, of you know making it efficient i think it'd be an amazing solution but, but I, I don't don't you have roku you have you do, roku yeah. to yeah, i mean yeah i mean Ro- but roku it, still no, but, bit, Ro- you know i, I yeah. just download all my apps on a roku so all i got to do is turn on my oh yeah roku and they're yeah. all right there just like which channel are, i want you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's no different it's than as... it's no different than going to your tel- television and select what channel you want to watch yeah it's just a little bit clunky, but anyway, maybe I'm I've got I'm a perfectionist when it comes to human. I, I do a lot of work with human interaction stuff, and it's still human and human to machine interaction. And uh, you yeah, know, compared yeah. to a lot of systems out there, it's not as efficient. It's really amazing how many people don't get it. That people say I can't find the IndyCar race. We'll go to the top bar, oh, yeah. scroll over to sports, and once yeah. you hit sports, there's a whole thing that says IndyCar series. You know, yep. they, they can't figure out that. You know, just click yeah. around, click around. If, the if you're going through know. Xfinity, double check if they still have that 2005 Indy 500 photo of Sebastian Bourdais <laughs> at the background with the IndyCar logo. <laughs> no, seriously, for many years, they still had that 05 Indy 500 photo of Bourdais' car navigating through Indy as the backdrop photo. Right. It's not, wow. a, bad, not a bad photo. Yeah. All right. So, uh, but yeah, real quick about the new schedule, real quick. Bell Iowa's now one race. Right, not a doubleheader. Mm-hmm. Iowa is the doubleheader, which has already been announced. St. Pete will kick off the season exactly a week after the Daytona 500, colliding with Fontana, which is the earliest to start of the season since 2004 for IndyCar. Texas is now round two in March, rather than it's been, or this, this year in May, or in previous years in June, with the exception of 2016, it ended in August because of the rain and the 24-hour Le Mans. The big conflict that people, the big criticism I see from the calendar is that six of the races clashes with IMSA. As many people know, a lot of the IndyCar folks work with with the IMSA folks as well. You have 
Ambassador Sullivan, Ganassi, to name a few. You have several people that not just work at IndyCar, but also work in the IMSA programs as well. So there's a lot of conflicts that could clash a lot of drivers' ability to run IMSA or teams working two disciplines in the same time. That's like the main criticism that I've that's come around, which is understandable. But overall, as usual, it's nice to have Iowa back. It's a shame they couldn't get Richmond back when they were supposed to, but the pandemic kind of hurt the odds of Richmond. Laguna is back to the finale, and Portland is the penultimate round. Of my knowledge, it goes back to Labor Day weekend, which honestly, it belongs to Labor Day weekend. Why not build something up as a tradition and build, build, build on it, in my opinion? Those are my two cents on the calendar. But yeah, one more race to go at Long Beach. It should be interesting. It's been quite the unique year that you can look back and say a lot of what is and a lot of breakthrough stories. It'd be curious to see how the championship trail will be decided. And also, if Rookie of the Year will switch, will favor Grosjean. I think despite missing three races, it may help and may be as impressive to get it done despite missing races. Oh, I think it'd be a huge achievement for him. And I think here, you know, we've sort of spoke a little bit about the disappointment of, of the performance of some of those Penske guys. And, uh, you know, McLaughlin, I say, he had a good start to the year and a couple of good runs in Texas and places like that. But past past that, you know, he's been reasonably disappointing and, and sort of pretty nondescript during a lot of the races. And, you know, he gets lost out there. And for, for Grosjean to to have missed three races, well, which you can argue it's four in a way because the double points at the 500. Um yeah, it's incredible, really, and uh, shows the you know, and for the team as well, a relatively small team compared to what uh, what you'd consider um, Penske to be. It's it's a huge achievement for him, and yeah. uh, you know, if he does do those ovals next year, and he does go to Andretti as expected, um, I don't know if that's been confirmed yet or if it's still just strongly rumored. Um, you know, Grosjean, maybe not next year, but once he's got a year under his belt at the Oval and, and Andretti can maybe get the ducks in a row, um, he could be a serious contender for the title. You know, I mean, I don't if, he, if you'd give him an average finish in those three races that he'd, he'd missed, I don't know where that would put him, you know, where he'd wash out in the championship. But, um, you know, he'd be in the, in the top, top, you know, top 10, I would have thought. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, even if you look at the fact yeah. that when he was at Gateway, he performed pretty darn well. So you you, you oh, got yeah. you got to figure. Move, you know, he? he might not have been too much a slouch at Texas and Indy. Yeah, no. I think he would. Texas have been is just a bit fun. of a unique event, isn't it? I think. Of the, yeah. Of the yes. Yeah. That for unfortunate for that fifty-one team, Pietro didn't get a chance to run because he got collected in that opening start wreck that saw Daly upside down. But yeah, and the thing is, this is the second straight year in a row the Dale Coincar have shined through with the driver. Well, Groshon was more established with Polo a year ago when he was with Coin. It was kind of like the virtual unknown, and now he's basically a sensation to the point he may win the championship in a sophomore season. I'd be curious, curious to know how how they maybe some people will view Dale, Dale Coin as the guy that's finding hidden gems. Because this is a hidden gem, if yeah, there ever was. I, I was gonna say, yeah, Coins kind of had that reputation for yeah. a while. Yeah, more, I mean, more so now that one of their drivers is gonna win a championship. But also, you got to yeah, credit no, no, Roger Jessica. Okay. I was gonna say, you know, Coins been around a long time, and uh, no, he's you get so, what some I mean. of the some of the guys he's given a, a first, coin first graduate, round. getting a top level ride and winning championships. Yeah, so Paul Tracy doesn't count. Oh. <laughs> Okay. But, but Paul, here's the thing. Paul took a while, but we're talking about, let me rephrase it, instantaneously goes to a top-level team and wins championship. Paul was in the mix in 93, but didn't win a championship until a decade later. Talk okay. about short term. All right. All right. So, sorry about that. But it, further, it kind of further showcases Coin's eye on talent. Sure, it also did it. Also credit to Roger Yasakawa as well from the Team Go program as well, as well to get him where he get Polo where he is as well, which I'm surprised they just recently attributed Yasakawa into this. 
who's been kind of essentially Pelot's mentor in America in his race, young racing career so far. Now is, um, is, is Roger involved with, uh, the effort with Ganassi at all or, or I think it mostly just kind of mentoring Polo. Okay. All right. So, dating yeah. back to team go in the super GT stuff in Japan. Right. And team go was a part owner of the, uh, the coin entry. Which yeah. That part ownership went to Rick Ware this R- year, R- Rick Ware. Then of course you got Vassar Sullivan in there. But they've been there for and, a while and, now. Yeah, yeah, and 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 there's some strong rumors that Vass, Vassar Sullivan, in beginning in like 2023, are going to look to break away from Dale Coyne and go on their own, uh, which would be good for them. They, you know, they they ran their own team for a while. Um, Vassar Sullivan previously HVM, uh, whatnot. So that would actually put another car on the grid. Um, you know, and I I think you know Jimmy Vassar. Guy, I have a lot of respect for, but I think he's pretty sharp as a team owner and whatnot. As long as he has some good funding and, and whatnot, it would be good to see him back on the grid with his own team, uh, you know, in the upcoming years. Yeah, anyway, sure. so yeah, we probably got to leave enough time to talk about um, all that brawling that went on in Tennessee. But before we uh, step away from IndyCar, let's make our picks for uh, Long Beach winner and series champion. So, Richard, I'll start with you. Uh, we've been talking about, I think Grosjean will get the race done. I think it's this track that will suit his driving style. Um, and, I mean, I don't think you can look past Pelot for the championship, really, can you? I'm sure I'm not taking anybody's pick there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so, Louise? I think we can share that one. We're going to have Yeah, we're going to have to, yep. I, yeah, I had to share that one, too, for Pelot. I think he still gets it done as far as the race win. I don't. Th- I feel like that. I I think my odds is saying it could come down to, of course Rossi, but maybe I wouldn't count Graham Rahal out. That's my bold prediction. One more bold prediction for the year: Graham Rahal redeems himself from that cost that block that cost him a podium, but redeems himself two years later to get it done and wins in Long Beach and ends that long winless streak. It caps off a really good West Coast swing because he's been competitive these past couple of weeks. And I think this one, he'll show it a lot more. Okay, good enough then. So you left me Rossi. I really don't want to look past Rossi for the win unless he, you know, throws it away himself. And of course, I I, I think you can't uh, really go against Pelot for the championship. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if a ward can actually make a fight of it or if we're going to just be uh, you know need something to happen to Polo but uh, there you go so anyway so NASCAR was down in Bristol they've they've gotten all that dirt off of the place that they had last time we were there they've cleaned cleaned all that up very nicely Uh, so now we're back to a proper Bristol track the Bristol night race and my gosh these races uh, the Xfinity and the cup race I didn't have a chance to see the truck race. Looked like the Bristol of old, where we had some some good beating and banging, and uh, uh, and and a pretty good show and a pretty good crowd. So, Louise, what do you think about the uh, Kyle Larson's uh, victory there in Bristol? Uh, while there's a little melee behind him with uh, Harvick and Elliott. Oh yeah, Kyle Larson won the race. <laughs> That's simple. That's number my number, and number six, number six on the season. Yep. Yeah, it's like all of that Chase Elliott, Kevin Harvick thing was going on with Jordan Bianchi trying to get some of the action. Nate Ryan also got something. I don't even know if Bob ever released his version. I don't think he did. But, yeah, Kyle Larson won the race in the Valvoline car. So, people, let's remember that. But Kyle made a phenomenal save because it did look like Harvick was trying to dump Larson as well or move him out of the way. To the point it would have wrecked him and probably could have wrecked Harvard. Who knows? But a huge win for Larson. It further proves my bold prediction being wrong. <laughs> Not only he wins in the round, he's he already had clinched the, the spot a week prior. So big win for him. But as far as Larson Harvick, old the Harvick of old came back for one night, 2002, 2003. Kevin Harvick, if you all remember, he would say stuff that is violent. He would swear and take no crap from anybody unless your name is Ricky Rudd, who actually threw a water bottle at him. 
or well, yeah, the old Harbor kind of came back. The only thing that big criticism I have is like that Harbor's manager should have just stayed out of stayed his own lane, let Elliot and Harbor talk, which fortunately they were eventually able to do. And the hauler took them long enough when they realized that people were recording this stuff. It's like, yeah, they should have. It was it's just it was just pure comedy in my opinion. And all of that was how it, people are going to forget this. Be, how it all began is that Elliot moved Josh Billicky out of the way because he was a lab car. So you got to move him out of the way. That gave Harvard the opening. And then Elliot Harvick tangled. That's kind of what hurt Elliot the race. But people people kind of forget that Billicky, the bump of Billicky kind of kickstarted the whole thing, in my opinion. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. So we'll see if Harvick bounces back and see if this rivalry boils because sometimes it's just one race and then it's like nothing happens. Or unless you're Matt Kenseth, you'll never forget. Or Martin Truex Jr. and Joey Logano to kind of boil over to the to the championship deciding battle at home. So we actually saw them battle for the championship rather than just like, oh, this thing happened in Marsville and that's it. Because the question is long term. And we're going to see it continue. I always say that about these feuds and rivalries. Will it continue or is just a one-off thing? Elliot doesn't forget. Look back at what, what when the whole thing with Hamlin in 2017, he's not going to forget. So we'll see what happens in the coming weeks. And if it comes down to Martinsville, where Elliot and, Elliot and Harvick are still looking to get a championship four spot, and it comes down to those two, I'm pretty sure Elliot is not going to forget. Uh, yeah, I mean, or Harvick, or Harvick. I was gonna say Harvick is always known to be a little bit of a hothead, and he's always seemed what seemed to be whenever there's a little controversy, Harvick, even even if he's not involved, finds a way to stick himself in the middle of it. So, but know, yeah, his post race interview was the Harvick of 0203, which exactly, we haven't seen in a while. Exactly, yeah, and 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 Chase Elliott, I think for him, it's a respect thing you know where he uh, i think uh he felt like harvick was lecturing him and then where that's that's where it comes i don't care how long you've been doing this you know i think that was a, the quote to come out of it. i don't care how long you've been doing this you don't drive like that or whatever the heck it was but i mean it makes for good television it makes for good conversation on social media that you know rest of the week and, and, and it makes for you know adding to the bristol lore you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Where we had where we have these these bang them up finishes at Bristol that we haven't seen in a while, you know what I mean? And and speaking of which, the Xfinity race had an equally thrilling finish. It hurt colleague racing a lot, a bit, uh, hurt them in their pockets because yes, AJ Allmendinger won, but the car was destroyed. On top of that, when he went back across the track, who hit him? His teammate Justin Ailey. So you got two wrecked race cars from Colleague. Sendry's car is destroyed as well. And he had a couple others, like Maya Snyder's was destroyed. The door was ripped off, was peeled. It's really finished, but at what cost? It seems like a subdued, it was a subdued victory because he celebrated and he went straight to the care center that could have bring the car to victory lane because they decided to do the inspection process. So yeah, a subdued victory. And it'd be curious to say, I say to myself, this was for the regular season championship. Because it came down to one point. They swapped back and forth at the very end. And Almendinger won the regular season title, gets the 15 playoff points. And now they're entering the at Las Vegas for the kickstart the Xfinity playoffs tied on points. Because they have the the equal amount of playoff points as a yeah. result. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah, Almendinger is the regular season champion, which as we all know, doesn't really count for much other than going into as a number one seed. Uh, so uh, yeah. the only thing yeah. is, is yeah. like, I will, I really hope those two battle a lot to the bitter, to the bitter end in Phoenix. And it hopefully comes down to those two guys because they've been the class of the field all year long. Oh, they sure have. And I think that uh, through the X Xfinity playoffs, we'll see that as well. Because if all, if imagine if Almendinger were to win and not only 
I look back to 2007 to where his career looked, his NASCAR career could have been over until Chip Canassi gave him an opportunity to run those couple Bush races. And he actually developed and developed, but he's still attribute tri- a Ganassi as the reason why Almendinger is still around. Because without that opportunity, 07, I don't think he would have lasted at all. How old is Almendinger these days, man? He he's been he's been around for a minute. I remember he pushing was, forty. I, think. I was going to say he was he was winning some Indy car races in the Champ Car era, or even prior to that, really. That would or. Oh, I can't remember the name of that team. Yeah, he's 39. Yeah, he was with yeah, Roosport. Roosport, yeah. yeah. But then he, he won a couple of races with Forsyth. Yeah, I won all of his races at Forsyth and right. almost yeah, all he, of them he, in he, a row. Yeah, he won like three. Yeah, ripped off three in a row. Or, well, three, then, yeah, three, three in pretty quick succession. Yeah. He was so. able to cut Bordet's championship lead, and then they sent him off to NASCAR, and Bordet kind of waltzed his way to a championship. But, but yep. <laughs> well, that's a difference. But I think Bordeaux already had the edge on Almendinger at that point, so it wouldn't matter. Wouldn't matter anyway if Almendinger ran the last bit to finish out his deal with Forsyth. Yeah, I mean yeah, that's all old history. But I mean, yeah. you know, AJ, yeah. AJ has had such a up and down career. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's, some it's, people so feel it's, it's, like he should go cup racing at 22 because that 16th, the second colleague car has to have must run the whole season if it, because they have a charter. Almendinger's only running a partial schedule in that 16, so they have to find drivers to fill up the season. But some people say Almendinger should just go to cup racing. I think he could do it, but I, well, I, I have no doubt he could do it. You know, I, I don't know if but the, we're dealing with a new car and. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, who do you want a new car other than a guy with a lot of experience? True. But it's yeah, a matter know? of what Almendinger wants and what's best for the team. But I feel like 2021 is going to be a fun. That Xfinity championship is going to be really fun because it's going to come naturally. 22 is obviously, it's going to probably be Almendinger, Josh Berry, and Ty Gibbs for 22. So we'll, but we got to enjoy it for what is worth in 21 because we're talking about two guys that has been strong all year long and battling, and there's some tension between those two, is Cindric and Almendinger. Yeah, and and Cindric, you know, to his point, he's got nothing to lose. He's already got one Xfinity Championship in the bank. He's got a pretty good Cup ride lined up for next year, so you know he's got nothing to lose here and nothing to prove really. Um, Almendinger, on the other hand. I mean, a, a guy who's not won a championship yet, this could be huge for him. And it could vault him into the full-time cup, like you say. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, right now it's a part-time cup deal. Who's to say he? some people would love to see him run cup full-time, but even some reporters out there that feel like he can get it done because it, the car may suit Almendinger's style and also with the road courses as well. Don't cut him out. Who counts out Almendinger on a road course? Nobody. Stop it, Louise. There was, right, so. That's true. I know, but re- when you have reliability problems, like he should have won Sonoma 2018, could have won it. But something broke in the card. I denied him. It's just a matter of luck in the Cup Series, you know. And when he had luck, he actually did got a win out of it at, this year at Indy. Yeah, he sure did. It was a big win, too. <clears throat> so, anyway, so where are we off to next? Vegas. Vegas. All right. So another wish Almadinger won the last time they were there in the Xfinity level. Right. Right. So I'm talking about the cup level now. So we got, but so let's talk about, do we are, did we talk about who we set home? Cause uh, Bristol was elimination round. No, no, Michael, we haven't. Michael, Michael McDowell, Eric Amarola, Kurt Busch and Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick went home. Well, they didn't go home. They'll still be at the race next week. So, yeah, Ganassi Elim- eliminated will go. from championship contention. Yeah, but that means that's the end of the Ganassi, the Ganassi Sapco lineage. Of they will go without a championship, which a couple times they could have with Kyle Petty and Sterling Marlin, but they never were able to get it done. Nope. But uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, uh, they're they're transferring over to uh, Trackhouse. Yeah, the and entity goes. Well, Kurt goes to twenty three eleven, right? And then uh, Chastain is going with uh, Trackhouse, right? Yep. 
Yep. So we'll see what's next for that team. You know, hopefully, uh, you know, Justin and his folks at a track house there will be able to put the resources in that car. That's always been a pretty good. It's always been a pretty good car. Just never a championship contender. Yeah. Even, even back to the Felix Sabatis days when, uh, you know, Kyle Petty was running the days of thunder delivery. Yeah. When he ruled Rockingham. Yeah. <laughs> Which people tend to forget he ruled Rockham for a cup of coffee. And if they didn't get rid of Rockham in a schedule, who's to say McMurray could have ruled that track too in the Cavillan car? Because McMurray was a monster in, in Rockham in the Bush series, even the couple times he ran in, in the cup level. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, so we're going into Vegas. Yep. Who, who do you like for Vegas? Think you can look no further than the guy who won there in the spring, Kyle Larson. But I'll keep an eye on Denny Hamlin. That's gonna be my pick. All right, and Richard. Uh let's go with Harvick. He's got his mojo back. Harvick desperately needs to win this season. It's hard to believe the guy who won what nine races last year. Hasn't won at all. Has been shut out of victory lane the whole season long. Yeah. So Vegas, I like um, Brad Keselowski. He's got uh, had a couple runs, good runs at Vegas over the last several years, and he he really needs to go ahead and stake a claim here to avoid elimination because he's just kind of just been kind of middle of the road for a while. And, I think uh, both Pat Logano and Keselowski needed Blaney should be fine this round. Koslowski and Logano, I'm not, I'm not confident. Yeah, but a good of, run for they're, they're Vegas. Kind of close will to the help. bubble, yeah. Good run at Vegas will help. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Brad there. So, anyway, so Vegas coming up next weekend, and Richard Formula One, we are off to Sochi. Yep. Rep. Yep. Yeah, Russian Riviera. It's um, going rain. Hopefully. Is it? Oh, oh, oh. I nah, probably not. I don't know. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. Hopefully, not as bad as it was at Spa. But uh, um, I hope I won't be there yeah. to see it, honestly, because I'll be at, at Long Beach yeah. probably on the way there. Oh, that's uh, if it's I mean, East Coast or West Coast, it's a 5 a.m. start on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, set your alarm, set your alarm for you guys on the West Coast there. But to 8 a.m. on the East Coast, uh, just give it a little public service announcement. There we go. Uh, but no, it, it, it's, a, it's a, you know, there's one of these modern Tilka Dome sort of street courses, but it's not really a street. Um, you know, barri- barriers everywhere, minimal runoff, a couple of half-decent corners of that turn three, that big sweeping sort of parabolica-style corner. Uh, then there's one later in the in the uh, lap that's sort of a, a left-hand kink and a hard, heavy-breaking right-hand corner. Remember Carlos Sainz having a, a big moment there a few years ago where he hit the barriers pretty hard. But, uh, you know, it, Let's we see. talk about, you know, We'll hope the F2 race goes smoothly, unlike last year. That one yeah, ended in a nasty have, shunt. Yeah, they tend to have some, uh, you know, the F2 guys, They it's one of the longest runs down to the first corner in, in Formula One um, now, Sochi. And it's a, it's a sort of a, a really good passing point. But then also it's a really good opportunity for, for to go a little bit messy. You know, we all remember. Danny Kvyat driving into the back of uh, Sebastian Vettel a few years ago. And, yeah, as you say, the Formula 2 race there, um, last time we were there, a couple of guys got tangled in in that t- turn three, that big sweeping corner there, and uh, ended up well buried in the Tech Pro barriers. And one of the cars actually caught fire. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, it has its moments and has its opportunities for uh, some, some, you know, good, good racing there. Uh, but it's... Talk, you know, we often talk about some specific tracks being specific drivers' playgrounds, and um, and Sochi really is uh, Valtteri Bottas's uh, personal playground since he's been at Mercedes. Even when he was at Williams, he was pretty competitive around there. I mean, 2016, he should have been on the podium until Kimi um, took him out there on the, on the last lap. But it's um, you'd expect Valtteri to be strong there again this year. You know, really pushing pushing Lewis and Max. Um, you know, if he's in the fight there, then it really does put a lot of pressure on um, Sergio Perez to to match him really and push push to the same extent and try and get um, a new in there and force Mercedes hands when it comes to strategy calls. But uh, yeah, you know, should be a good race. Should be a you know, should be a really good race out there. And uh, hopefully, some of the politics that we've seen floating around in sport and Russia recently won't won't come into the mix too much. But 
yeah, it should be a should, should be a good race. And I, you know, if, if we're doing our picks for that now, I'm going to throw Valtteri's name into the ring. All right, so you Valtteri Bottas for you, Louise. Who do you like? Mercedes stays undefeated in Russia. That's lasted over a century. So Hamilton, because he picked Valtteri. Okay, so that gives <laughs> so that gives me Max Verstappen, who's uh, won the most races this year. So uh, don't count him out. But uh, anyway, we are just about out of time. So uh, I want to thank you, Richard. I want to thank you, Louise. I want to thank the Hoobazoo Radio Network, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. And I want to thank you folks who listen to us week in and week out. But until next week, good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.